0: Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast in the series "There's More." This week in week five, our big idea is living a God-directed life. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Good morning, Valley Point. How are you doing today? Good seeing everyone here. I'd like for you to just sit back for a moment. And imagine with me that you're sitting in your living room. And as you're sitting in your living room, you're just relaxing. You probably have a bag of chips. (laughs) And you're watching your favorite TV show. Maybe for some of you, you're watching one of the many CSIs. Maybe for some of you, you're watching The Bachelorette or Big Brother. Although, if you're watching any of those two shows, don't tell me. <laughs> I don't want to lose the respect for you. <laughs> Maybe you're watching the Big Bang Theory or you're watching a game. You're just relaxing and you're sitting there. And a knock comes to the door. And you look at your watch and you're saying, who could that be? And so you get up and go to the door. and At the door is two representatives from the United States Olympic Committee. And they begin to share with you how they've been doing research all across the community, all across their town, all across the state, and all across the nation. They've been doing DNA tests and doing heart tests and all kinds of tests that the US Olympic Committee has been doing, and they're sharing this with you. And you're beginning to wonder why they're sharing it with you. And finally, they say they've come to the conclusion that the best person to represent the United States of America at the Olympics in the marathon is you. Yeah. And you chuckle, <laughs> choke on a couple potato chips, <laughs> and you just kind of nod say that you got the wrong house. But then you begin to imagine what it would be like to run against world class athletes. You begin to imagine what it would be like to compete in the Olympics. And hearing chants of USA, USA. And you begin to imagine what it would be like to stand on the podium and bend down and receive that medal as you listen to the national anthem. And you begin to get some goosebumps just imagining those things. And then you come to your senses and you say, compete in a marathon? I can't even run a marathon, let alone compete in a marathon. No matter how hard I try, and I would try really, really hard, no matter how hard I try, I wouldn't even be able to run two miles in the condition that I'm in. You see, if you're really, really serious, you would need to begin a life of training. You would need to... Manage your life in a way that you do certain practices in your life that would enable you to do something that you could not currently do under willpower alone. We're in a series called There's More. And there is so much more to this Christian life than many of us are experiencing. It's not about Trying real hard. But that's how we live our Christian lives. We live by saying, I tried so hard to do the right thing, I couldn't do it. I tried to study my Bible. I tried to do this. I tried to do that. And we really believe that this life that we're living for God is about trying real hard. Trying real hard is only going to get you so far. It's about training wisely. It's not just in the spiritual life, it's in all aspects of life. It's not just with athletes that they have to train. If you want to play a musical instrument, you must train wisely. If you want to speak a foreign language, you must train wisely. If you want to run a business correctly, you must train wisely. And it's no different in the Christian life. The last few weeks, Eric has been sharing with us some practices that we can do, some spiritual disciplines that we can do in our life to enable us to live the life that God wants us to live and to live the life that we've always wanted to live. He shared with us the practice of celebration, living a joy-filled life. He shared with us the practice of prayer, living a wine-free life. Last week, he, he uh, shared with us the practice of servanthood, living an appropriate small life. Today I want to share with you another spiritual discipline. Something that we need to be practicing and training wisely in our lives. And that is listening to God. The practice of listening to God. Listening to God will will lead us to our big idea of the day, and that is this, living a God-directed life. One of the hardest things for all of us as Christ followers, as believers, as Christians is trying to understand how God speaks to us, when God speaks to us, and and even if God speaks to us. I think it's questions that we're always asking ourselves. If I'm to have a relationship with God, and if you're to have a relationship with God, that is any way personal, then we must be open to the possibility that God speaks directly to me. And God speaks directly to you. Practicing listening to God leads us to living a God-directed life. It leads us to a life that is Personal with him. It's personal. It's me and him, one on one. You see, we know that God speaks to us as a faith community. We know that Christ died for everybody. But we need to personalize it. We need to say, you know what? God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for me. And not only that, but God speaks directly. When you look up that word personal in the dictionary, there are some antonyms. The opposite of personal is this, common, general, and ordinary. If your relationship with God is not personal, your relationship with God is common, general, and ordinary. None of us want to have a relationship with God that's common. ordinary. If you would look in Scripture, in Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 16, if you have your Bible with you, you can look that up. We'll have it up on the screen as well. But in Romans chapter 8, it says this, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, You received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. That's personal. That's me and him. Not just the father of the world, but Abba, Father. My father. My father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are children of God. We are children of God. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone to save you, he adopts you as a child into his family. And as a child, he wants to have a personal relationship with you. Any parents are in a room, you have multiple children. You don't just love them all as one. You have a personal one-on-one connection with each one of your children. And that's how it is with God as well. The practice of listening to God allows us to live a guided life by God. And that's what he wants us to do. That's what he wants us to do. What I'd like to do today is do a couple things. One is I'd like to give you four reasons why we don't hear God when he speaks. And then I want to give you four takeaways that'll help us practice listening to God. Alright? Does that sound like a good idea? Alright, Just want to make sure you're awake. Why don't we hear God when he speaks? Number one is this. We don't recognize his voice. We don't recognize his voice. Now, if you have a a group of children playing on a playground and their mother speaks to them, they'll know without looking whether it's their mother or not because they recognize their voice. They are in tune with each other. They know each other. And that's the same way with God if you're not in tune with God, if you don't know him, you're going to have a hard time hearing when he speaks. Number one is we don't recognize his voice. In John chapter 10, it says this. In John 10, 26 and 27, but you don't believe me because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. When we are a part of God's family, when we put our faith and trust in him and we are in tune with him in our lives and who he is and who we are, we're able to hear God speak. I was at dinner recently with my wife. It was not a romantic dinner. My daughter was there. And her five children were there. And my daughter had a friend that was there who also had two children. And so there actually was four adults at the table and seven children under seven. Now, if you're a waitress in the room today, I have some advice for you. (laughs) Whenever you see a family with small children come into the restaurant, get the order right away and bring the food right away. It didn't necessarily happen at this dinner. And we were arranged at the table in a way where I actually sat next to uh, my daughter's friend's three-year-old, Sammy. And that's okay, you know. And as we were waiting, as we were waiting, as children do, they get rammy, and it's hard to, you know, they can only color so much on the table. Um, and as we were sitting there, Sammy began to play with the lamp in the middle of the table. And so he reaches over to the middle, and he's playing with the lamp. And it was a lantern one of those oil lamp, lamps. And I, in my kind, merciful voice, said, Sammy, you probably shouldn't play with that. And Sammy froze, looked at me, stared at me, and I knew exactly what Sammy was thinking. Sammy was thinking, who is he to tell me what to do? He's not my mom, he's not my dad, and he was trying to decide whether he should continue to play with the lamb or actually stop. Well, I think his mother also saw the situation that we were in and she turned to me, she said, "Gosh, you can discipline him any way you want." <laughs> so, of course, I took him outside, took my belt off. <laughs> <laughs> now, Sammy stopped. But he didn't know if I actually had any authority in his life. And he wasn't sure. And that's how it is for us. When we don't know God, we don't recognize his voice. We're not sure if he has any authority in our life or not. And that's one of the things that keeps us from hearing God. The second thing that keeps us from hearing God is this. We are living in rebellion. We're living in rebellion. We don't want to listen to him. We don't think we need to listen to him. We think we have all the answers. And besides that, there may be some things in our life, maybe in the past where God has come to us and whispered in our ear that he wanted us to do something, and we decided that we didn't want to do it. It wasn't best for us. And so we actually are living in rebellion. And when we live in rebellion, God doesn't continue to speak to you until you obey what he has already asked you to do. If you look at that verse again in in John chapter 10, and verse 27, it says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. As parents, you you know yourself as, as the teenagers get older, and you've tried to tell them certain things, and after a while they don't listen. You don't keep telling them. You just stop telling them. It's the same way with God. The third reason we don't hear when God speaks to us is that we get distracted easily. We live in a world of noise. Have you ever noticed that? Almost everywhere we go, we find sounds competing with our mind, keeping us from letting our thoughts go below the surface, deep, deep. Hearing God's voice means not listening to the noise of the world around us. It's not easy, but it can be done, and God wants us to do it. Distracted. We're so easily distracted. Every moment, every little margin that we get in our life, we fill it with something. We fill it with something. We all do the fourth reason we find ourselves not hearing God is because of lack of discernment. And I think many of us in this room fall in this category. And maybe so far you've thought that you've fallen in one of those previous three categories. We all do. But lack of discernment. It's just not knowing how. Not knowing when or if God is actually speaking. It's a difficult thing. Four reasons we don't hear God. You may know know some other reasons, but I think those four reasons, all of us fall into one of those categories. Let's take a look at the four takeaways for today. Four things that will help us practice listening to God. Because God not only wants to hear from us, he wants us to hear from him. And not just generally speaking, but personally, one-on-one with God. Can you imagine living a life where we have a one-on-one relationship with the God of the universe, the God who created everything? I watched the movie Gravity the other day. And yeah, pretty boring movie, but The scenery was spectacular. To think that everything put together so perfectly in this universe, it just didn't happen. There is a God. And not only is there a God, but there's a God who loves us and wants to have a personal connection with us. He wants to speak to us. Here's four takeaways for you. Jot these down. Put them in your notes. Remember these takeaways. Number one, realize that God wants to speak to you. This is very, very important. And I know this subject is kind of a delicate subject. As a matter of fact, I know it's weird when people come up to me and they say, God spoke to me. (laughs) It, It just is. And I think that's a lot of times why we avoid it. You know, it's just, I don't know. You know, you think of that saying, you know, why is it when we talk to God, it's prayer, but why is it when he talks to us, it's, we're schizophrenic? <laughs> you know, it is a, it's, a, it's an odd subject. But I want to give you some phrases, some things to look at that will help us be able to not only describe it, but talk about it and communicate about the fact that God is speaking to me, speaking to me. Look in John chapter 14, and in verses 15 through 17, it says this. If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Now, this is Jesus talking to his disciples in the Gospel of John, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. See, the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament and throughout the Gospels before Jesus Christ died on the cross, was buried and rose again, before the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was there. But God promised after the day of Pentecost that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, would live in us, in us. And that's how God speaks to us, through the Holy Spirit. That's how he guides us. That's how he leads us. That's how he directs us in our lives. So here's some phrases you can use. You can jot these down if you want. Rather than saying, God spoke to me, which is out there, Say things like, I had a prompting of the Holy Spirit. I was thinking about my neighbor, and I wasn't sure if I should talk to him or not, but I was prompted to do that by the Holy Spirit because that's really what is happening. Maybe you had a leading. God is leading you to make a decision in your life. He's leading you, and that's the Holy Spirit that's doing that, that's living and indwelling inside you opening of a truth. You ever read Scripture? You read the same thing over and over and over and all of a sudden you read the same thing and you go, oh my goodness, look at this. The Holy Spirit led you into that truth. God was speaking to you. That inner testimony, movements of the soul, conviction, conviction. Did you ever hear someone say before I was in church, I felt like The speaker was speaking directly to me. Well, guess what? He may not have been speaking directly to you, but God was speaking directly to you. It's what we call conviction of the Holy Spirit, a prompting of the Holy Spirit, assurance, a call to action to do something in your life. I had a call to action by God to do something. Guidance. These are all good Descriptions of how we can communicate with one another about God speaking directly to us. Not only does He, but He wants to. He wants to. The second takeaway is this create quiet time. Create quiet time in your life. You have to do it. Listening to God requires a deliberate choice to shut out the chaos around you and focus your thoughts. Focus your thoughts on him and focus your thoughts on him alone. Create a quiet time in your life. King David, the author of most of the books, the the chapters of Psalm, he uh, says this in Psalm 143, verse eight. He says, let the morning... Bring me word of your unfailing love. For I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go. For to you I lift up my soul. David had a personal connection with God. Each morning he would wake up and ask for direction from God that day. He would speak to God. He would pray to God. And God would speak back to him through the Holy Spirit, through the promptings. It wasn't an audible voice. He spoke through the Holy Spirit. I was over at my son's house the other day, and uh, my oldest son has his, his two oldest children play school sports now, which is fun. I love it. And summertime is when they practice and work out and train. And so my oldest son said to his, oldest, to, to his son, he said, you need to go out and do your ball drills, spend an hour and do your ball drills. And then he said to my granddaughter, who plays soccer, he said, you need to go out and run. Did you do your, did you do your running yet today? And so they both left, and they went to go work out. And I was thinking about that. How cool would it be if we told our children, it's, it's time for you to go do your quiet time for five minutes with God. Go up into your bedroom. Read a passage of scripture. Pray to God. And let God talk to you. Take five minutes and go do your quiet time. (laughs) We would be developing spiritual giants in our community. Creating quiet time with God is a spiritual discipline that is a must if we ever want to take our relationship with God to a personal level. To a personal level. The third takeaway for today is this. Listen through others. Put yourself in an environment where, that God loves. Put yourself in places as much as you can where God loves. Have you ever noticed if you skip church for a few weeks, you kind of get a little out of sync with God? It's true. There, it's not by accident that God has designed this uh, plan or this system where we come and we worship God once a week. It's the way God designed it, it's the way we we're created, it's the way we're made. And when we miss those opportunities, we start to get out of tune with God. And the next thing you know, we won't be able to hear Him, whether it be church or life groups or women's groups, or men's group, or just put yourself in an environment where there's godly people who are chasing after God in your life. If you want to hear God speak, God will speak to you through others probably more than any other way. But if you keep running from those environments, if you keep avoiding those opportunities, God's not going to speak. Listen through others. Listen to others. You know, when you think of training, when it comes to other applications, a person who's really serious about training, they'll go next to the person who really knows how to do it and just let them mentor them, whether it be an instrument or language or sports. You know, if you talk to your young people today, and if they're into baseball and if they had an opportunity to sit next to Chase Utley and spend a week or two with him, oh my, would that excite them? Absolutely. It's the same way in our spiritual lives. We need to put ourselves next to people who chase after God and let God speak to me through them. Our fourth one, our last one, is this listen in God's Word. If you're not in God's word today, if you're not in scripture, you're going to have a hard time hearing God. The God who wants to speak to you. He wants to lead you and direct you. You know, we, we tell our children, and, and we know this is a good practice, that when people speak to us, that we should look in their eye. Well, I want you to think of it this way. When you are in God's word and you're reading scripture, you're looking directly into the eye of God. It's a wonderful thing. David in Psalm says, Lord, may I behold wonderful things out of your word. God will speak to us through scripture. We can't avoid it if we want to hear God's voice. We can't avoid it if we want to have a personal connection with him one-on-one. My granddaughter, Rachel, is 11 years old. From time to time, she would ask her mom. She'd say, Mom, how do I know when God speaks to me? It's a precious question that I think all of us ask ourselves from time to time. Well, she recently went to camp with the students. And um, this is the text. I think we have this text From Rachel on a Thursday night, she sent this text to her mom. She says, I'm at chapel, and God touched me so much, I can't stop crying. Has God spoken to you so much that you can't stop crying? You see, Rachel was in an environment where God could speak. She realized that at camp that God was going to speak to her that week. And while she was there that week at camp, she not only realized that, but she created quiet times. And and, and listened to his parents. She didn't create the quiet times. The leaders created the quiet times. Because they knew that God would speak during those quiet times. But also that week at camp, she realized that she would listen through others. She probably didn't realize that, but she did. She listened to God through others. And God spoke to her heart so much that she couldn't stop crying. God spoke to my 11-year-old granddaughter, Rachel, directly, personally. And he wants to do that with you and with me you bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment? The practice of listening to God. It just doesn't happen. There's some responsibility that we have. There's some training that we have to do. And when we train and practice and exercise listening to God, we can live a God-directed life. Father, with every head bowed and every eye closed in the room today, Father, I just pray that you would speak to our hearts personally, one-on-one right now. Each and every one of us know where we are, what walk of life we're in right now. And God, I know your Holy Spirit is in the room, but your Holy Spirit is also in us wants to convict us and guide us and lead us. Lord, I pray that each and every one in this room would, would open their hearts and their mind to what you have for them today. Lord, if there's something in their life that they have refused to turn over to you, I pray that you would just speak to them about turning that over. Making the decision that they need to make today. Lord, maybe there's someone in this room who's never put their faith and trust in you. Lord, I pray that you would prompt them to do that this morning. Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. And Father, I thank you for your word. And I pray that you would help us to apply these things today. And we pray in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.